Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome back to episode 3 of the Believe Man City podcast. I'm joined by Jack Gaunt of the Daily Mail. Hello Jack, uh, it's the morning where you are out in the States on tour where City are playing. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad, a little bit, um, little bit tired. It's quite, uh, the tours of America are always quite funny because we're, where we are now in Texas is six hours behind um, the UK. So quite a lot of the job is getting up earlier than you <laughs> might get up in England and starting to work straight away in yeah. order for them in order for them to get the uh, get the stories in for the newspaper in, in good time, so they can design the pages and things like that. So it's it's tiring, but it's been a lot of um, it's been a lot of fun. We've spoken to a lot of people this week, uh, so yeah, I can't complain. And it was the first first game last night. I thought City looked City looked quite good, given it was their um, it was their first friendly. Um, so yeah, it's all quite positive at the moment. It's all part of the perks of being a journalist covering Manchester City Football Club. Uh, <laughs> Right, what did we think of of game last night and how City looked? Of course, uh, City won 2 went against Club America in Houston. Uh, De Bruyne scored 2. Julian Alvarez looked good on his debut. Jack Grealish looks fitter, stronger. What are your thoughts on City's first game? Well, I thought Grealish looked really, really good. Um, And looked like he looked like someone who had a bit of a point to prove to me. We spoke to him afterwards and he was saying he's worked like really hard this, this summer on fitness. Quite a lot of work that's obviously unseen like people don't see how much footballers actually do put in the effort over um over the summer and obviously the public are more interested in what in what Grealish does in Vegas or Ibiza and they don't see what the sacrifices he makes um as a professional footballer so I thought he I thought he looked very very good uh it's quite funny that he sort of got booed and fouled quite a lot it yeah was like, it, it was like watching him in a Premier League game really so it's quite a good preparation and then I thought De Bruyne De Bruyne just picked up where he left off uh, last season it's quite I thought last season it was quite interesting to see him play that far forward and they want him scoring more goals and changing games yeah. um, which seemed you know it's, it's difficult to know after the first game in, in pre-season but it, it does seem that he might be the one that plays up alongside up alongside Haaland thought maybe Foden might do that but it does seem like De Bruyne would, would play off Haaland Neither obviously neither are bad options to have, are they? And then the others, it was just good to see good to see Calvin Phillips get a get a run out. Thought Wilson Esperan looked quite good when he came on. Uh, Palmer the same. And then yeah, it's just it, it, they're strange, aren't they? Preseason friendlies because particularly at the moment because they've got Foden, Stones, and Gundogan are, are in Croatia. Laporte's back home because he's he's not fit. Haaland obviously didn't play um, last night. He's going to make his debut against Bayern Munich. So. There's quite a, we saw a bit, but not a lot. Julian Alvarez for me uh, was pretty solid. I mean, I don't actually expect him to start. Seeing him and the way De Bruyne and uh, Pep have spoken about him and the way he's trained since he's come in from South America is quite encouraging. Are you expecting him to sort of kick on from the start of next season? Yeah, I, I am. I was I was a little bit surprised that um, he fitted in quite so well last night. I know again, don't want to repeat myself, but he's only friendly. But it was quite yeah. a competitive game. And we were saying when we were watching it last night that I thought his link-up play was really good. Yeah. It's probably the most important aspect of it at the moment. You know, obviously it'd be nice for him to, to score while he's in America just to get himself underway. But the way he sort of interacted with um, the midfielders when he dropped deep and the, there were a couple of little diagonal balls that he played. I thought, yeah, he's going he's gonna to suit this perfectly. But I thought the, the way he performed suggested that he might be he might be quite a, a good option on the on the right hand side of that of that three. 
sort of cutting in and just giving a different different option in between the lines. Uh, and yeah, it sounded like it sounded like Pep seemed pretty happy with him last night. So yeah, we just have to uh, see how he goes because you've got to give these players time. Particularly with Alvarez, is you know it's very unusual for a player to move straight from South America to England. Um, I know Gabriel Jesus did it and and uh, started exceptionally well, but it might take him a few months to get used to everything. He's got he's got family coming over to England with him, which will help him settle. But we've seen it a few times with with, uh, with new signings under Guardiola that sometimes they need twelve months to get going, and that's fine. But that's just the way it is. You've got to be patient. Could we see the return of the three-five-two formation back at some point during the season if Pep just decide to go with um, Alvarez and Haaland up top as a front two, like Aguero and Jesus did at the start of the Centurion season? Could we see that at some point with wing backs and a three-man defense? I would like to see that, <coughs> but I, but I don't, I don't think he's going to. He. As you said at the start of Centurion season, he played three at the back, and I remember that. I remember that game at um, Brighton, the first game of that season, where yeah. Vincent, Vincent Company didn't really seem to know what he was doing in a back three, and then they never really played again. Uh, I think Danilo played on the left hand side, the left as left wing back. At the left, because Carl Walker was uh, he hadn't come yet, or I think he played the next game against Everton, and he was sent off on his debut. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. But Danilo played left wing back, and. Danilo doesn't own a left leg, so I thought that was quite um, quite amusing, really. Uh, but they, but other than then after that, other than the, the Leon debacle, they've not played three five two at all, have they? So I, I thought they were going to a couple of years ago. So I was asking people around the club, like, oh, do you think you know? Think they go three at the back?" And it was just like, "No, very much four three three. We're happy with with how it's looking. Maybe that'll change, but." Sort of history suggests that they'll probably keep to a keep to a back four because if you play three five two, you lose one of the centre midfielders, yeah. or you lose Mares, um, or Foden, or Grealish. Like the, you, you probably a forward light because you'd have to play, you'd probably have to play Walker and Cancelo on the on the wings because I don't think any of the midfielders would be able to play wing back. How do you think uh, Pep will do to manage the three centre halves he's got at his disposal? And if you're playing a two man defence and um, I mean, Imer Clavaux had a pretty good season last term, and John Stones was a hit and miss. He was uh, he was out with injury the first few weeks. Um, he didn't really play as much as he would have liked. Ruben Diaz seems like he's a short starter. How do you think Pep's gonna keep uh, all three of them happy as close of the season? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there, where you were talking about the injuries. The the three of them or the four of them are never all fit at the same time, are they? Yeah. There's always so there's always somebody injured. That's probably the way that he's going to get around it because, um, yeah, there's always like particularly with Laporte and Stone, there's always sort of a niggle here and a niggle there, and he might always miss a couple injured, of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, like, lucky's the wrong word because you're not lucky if players get injured, but sometimes his decisions are made for him. And when they are all fit, the the way you know this as well as I do, the way it works is that if you're playing well, you keep the shirt, um, and he might ro- he might rotate. But if you're playing well, you will keep the shirt for the for the most important games. Um, so you know if Stones and Diaz are playing, it's played. I don't know. Arguments say they played Paris and Germain in the Champions League, played really well together. Yeah. And then um, City have got Bournemouth on the Saturday. Then Laporte might come in for the Bournemouth game, but then if they got United or Chelsea or Liverpool a week after, then it will revert back to Stones and Diaz because they had they had played that well in the 
in the Paris game previously. So that's the sort of, they will all get minutes, but it's the quality of minutes and which occasions they're picked for um, will, is, is always the really, the really interesting thing for me. But is it, I would, I would always pick Stones personally. I think Stones is the best centre half of the club. I think he's got a nice blend of Laporte and Diaz, um, and is well, he's the best. I still think he's the best one on the ball as well. So um, hopefully he's in for a big season. Right. What happened with uh, Laporte last summer? He was apparently open to leaving because he hadn't played a lot of the. 2021 season, which uh, had Stones and Diaz really combining well at the back. Um, he's just had a really good season. Is he happy to stick around and just uh, take a season by season? I mean, he's got three years left on his contract. What's happening mm. with him? I think they all, you know, you've asked me about the port, but I think it would be it would be the same answer for them all, which would include Bernardo Silva. In that, yeah, they take it season by season because. These are all exceptionally talented players that could walk into the majority of Premier League teams, including yeah. the top four. So if they're not playing every week, they get a little bit miffed, um, which is perfectly understandable. And the the interesting thing about City is that because it is such a collective, they all know they're not going to play every game because he 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 doesn't he doesn't just stick with eleven players, does he? Because he yeah. wants to keep them, he wants to keep them as fresh as possible, which is ironic because they're never fresh in April, <laughs> are they? When they always inevitably you lose an FA Cup semi final, but it is a it is a sort of case by case, season by season basis. And Laporte had a Laporte had a good season last year. Um, I think I think one of the reasons why he didn't go the, the the summer before, which is the same for you know the same for Sterling, probably the same for Mares, definitely the same for Bernardo, is that none of the clubs that they would want to go to had the money to had the money yeah. to spend on them. And if City are very very good with the players where they say, Look, if you want to go, then you can go but the teams that are buying offer. you have have yeah. to pay market value for you. And that's what they've had this summer, which I mean they've had a they've had a superb summer. If they can sign Cucurella or or another left back if Cucurella isn't available um, at the price they want to pay then it's up there with the, one of the best summers they've they've had, really. Um, I think the only area which there is a question mark over at the moment is is the right wing. Yeah. Because obviously Mares is the Mares is now the first choice in that position. You have Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer struggled with injuries a lot last year, so we don't know what you know. You don't know whether he's going to be able to withstand the rigors of a game every three days. Time time will tell on that. And then, okay, if Alvarez does play out there, then great. But then, if he doesn't, then they are like a little bit, maybe a little bit short that side, unless he moves yeah. Bowden over. Would you? Uh, are the club? Uh, I mean, from what I gather, currently with Harlan Alvarez in and Jesus and Sterling out, there isn't necessarily an urgent sort of need to bring another attacker. However. I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Uh, could the club have a rethink in the three weeks um, that are leading to the start of the season on whether they want to potentially bring someone in if the opportunity does come? Will they look to sign someone to help bolster that right-wing position? I would never say never, but I would say it's exceptionally unlikely. We've been asking for weeks and weeks about a winger on that right hand side and 
they keep coming back saying we're not we're not it's a left back we're not we're not signing a replacement for Sterling we're not doing it um, I'm always wary of saying things like that on podcasts because things can change yeah um, and as you said if something if something comes up that is amazing value and he's and it's a player that they they really like then you can't sort of you can never rule it out you could never rule it out at any football club um but, but is that something? Been, sorry, yeah, they have that, been saying that it's just not, it's not on the radar. Right, but is that something that um, that's not something we've really seen with City under Pep? Though I mean, they don't necessarily go later on in the transfer window if an opportunity arises. They, so I don't think. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see if something does come up because we've not really heard any names as such on the right wing. No, no. It's certainly something to keep an eye on. Just on Nathan Ake there, I just wanted to get your take on this. Um, he's been linked, he's been widely linked with um, Chelsea uh, the mm. past month or so. Um, a lot of his was um, coming from the Chelsea side and a lot of rolling reports that Chelsea were growing in confidence, there was more confidence, there were further more confidence on their side. Um, <laughs> He was he was meant to be opened. He was understood to be open to returning to Chelsea because uh, I think he's 26. He can play more minutes given Antonio Rudiger's just left. Um, was it really a case of uh, Chelsea weren't willing to pay the money that he was asking for, or what happened there? Yeah, I think he was open to going, and that's that goes back to what we were saying before about the case by case basis. And you know, these players want to play. And Nathan Ake is a very good defender, but he is fourth choice, um, and. Yeah, he can play out on the left and at left back, but then he was sort of behind Cancelo and Zinchenko last year. So, yeah, I think he was. From what we were told, he was he was open to open to going, but he's. I think the club that the club are happy that Chelsea didn't didn't hit the valuation. Um, the sort of feeling around City was that he probably wasn't going to go anyway. Yeah, but this was sort of going on in the background and. They would go and sign a replacement if he went, but they were never really looking at replacements because they weren't sure whether he was actually going to go back. Um, and the thing about Ake is that he's a, a tremendous professional, um, doesn't complain, yeah. uh, which is probably to his detriment, actually, that he doesn't complain. Um, <laughs> and, well, you know what I mean? Like, the yeah, players that do, bang yeah. on the manager's door are the ones yeah. that sort of get the, get the attention and, and probably get minutes that they might not deserve. Whereas Ake... I thought Ake played well second half of the season, thought he did really well. Um, he understands his position as forward choice and a half, if we can put it that way, probably. Well, he does, and he he does, but I, it would be wrong for anyone to say that he's happy about that. It's similar. I think it'd be a similar thing with Calvin Phillips. If Calvin Phillips isn't playing, then I don't think he'll be happy with that, because these are all really good players. Right, I want to jump into the big story of the day, Mark Cochray, but I'll take this in bits. Actually, just whilst we're on Nathan Ake there, was part of City's thinking of letting Zinchenko leave for Arsenal early on and then sort of uh, following on with the bid for Cochray was if we can't get Cochray, we'd probably be okay because we've got Cancelo and Nathan Ake can play there as well. Yeah, I mean, if Pat was saying last night, if, if push comes to shove and they don't sign someone, then he will go with what he's got and, and believes that he's got enough. Um, but in an ideal world, they will sign Cucurella and or you know or another um, because they are they, they do need a look. They haven't got a left back at the moment, have they? Let's be yeah. honest. Cancelo is really really good over that side, but he's not a left back; he's a right back. Yeah. Um, 
and then Wilson Esbrand is. Too young. I've been. I, well, he is very young. It would be great if he was somehow he was thrown in and thrived, but we all know that that is not something that really happens under Guardiola. Unless you're Phil he's, Foden. <laughs> well, even with Foden, it took a while, didn't it? With Foden. Yeah. Um, and with Wilson Esbrand, Pep was quite interesting about last night when I asked him, he said he's had injuries for the last two years and he's sort of the injuries are still inside his head a little bit and he doesn't really trust his body, so they're trying to sort of re-coach him into trusting himself. Um, but that he will stay with the stay with the team this, this year. Uh, but I was surprised I was surprised that they let Zinchenko go without having a replacement like ready to ready to announce. Um, it didn't seem like a very city thing to do because, you know, they're going to want a left. They do want a left back. And when Guardiola says, "Oh, you know, I trust the club and we'll go with what we've got," he's right. But that doesn't mean he's like delighted about it. Right. What was? Uh, sorry, just uh, stepping away from this for a minute. What was? Uh, this was something uh, I imagine Pep would have said if he was asked about Harry Kane when City were understood to have put a bit in just before or after the Euros. I'm not sure when. And it was basically Pep driving uh, the uh, move. What would Pep's reaction would have been to have been told that it's not happening? His view privately is actually very similar to his to what he says in the press conferences because he he's a complicated character, but in his defence. He is very honest with us most of the time, and yeah. you speak to people behind the scenes, and unless that's an act as well, you get very, <laughs> very similar stuff back. You never know like, what Pep Yeah, yeah, but it's but I, I think that's what makes him. That's one of the reasons why he's so fascinating. I love covering him because you never. Well, you're in the you're in the presence of greatness, aren't you? Twice a week, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I don't. He wasn't happy that they didn't have a striker last last summer, like, but he did understand the the financial ramifications of going to spend 150 million quid on on Harry Kane. And Kane, they went for Kane because they couldn't get Haaland. Like they were told by Dortmund really early on last year that Haaland wasn't for sale, and they weren't for budging. Um, I spoke to someone at Dortmund the other week about Haaland, and uh, they were. I said, oh well, how many you know how many sort of bids did you get last last summer? Last like summer, how many? Yeah. How many teams were interested? Because I, I'd heard that the, the Harlem was the number one ahead of, ahead of Kane. And they said, well, we paid absolutely no attention to what anyone was writing or what anyone was saying to us because we told Harlem that he was going nowhere for any money. Like, even if someone had come in with like over 100 mil, he wasn't going anywhere. Wow. Um, so we just ignored everything. So that was obviously communicated to City, and this is why Kane was, Kane was the one that they'd pursued for sort of three months and we all know what happened with the, with the agent and, and Levy and it was a little bit of a mess really wasn't it um, yeah, it's probably worked out side, yeah. yeah it's probably worked out quite well for them really in hindsight because Harlem's the number one anyway they've now got Harlem and alright they didn't win the, you know they didn't win the Champions League and, and the night in Madrid was a was a difficult one and if they had a striker maybe they would have Maybe maybe there would have been two or three goals up and Probably, the yeah. comeback would never have happened. But yeah. they did win the Premier League again without a striker and now they've got the one they actually wanted. So it's it seems to have worked out quite well. Quite well, yeah, like you say. Let's finally jump into uh, Mark Kukurea. City have made the move. They've bid £30 million uh, pounds for Kukurea as per 
David, David uh, Asper Paul Ballas and Andy Nero of The Athletic, um, they did this story this morning. Um, first question. Yeah, while we're, um, all, while we're all asleep over here. By the way. <laughs> well, that's the perks of being a journalist out in the States, well, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, firstly, uh, Jack, do you see you think Brighton will lower anything, uh, lower the asking price, which is understood to be £50 million? Pounds, and Given the club know that Arsenal um, were asked to pay fifty million pounds for Ben White, I think it was last summer. Do you city think Brighton will budge at any point? I don't. I I'm, I'm not sure they will. Ben White is a really good reference point that you've made. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure, but it's then sort of in the players' balls in his court a little bit. How much does he force it? So. It's one thing trying to force a move out of City. It's a completely different thing trying to force a move out of Brighton where the player is probably more powerful than he would be at City. Yeah. So if he sort of really wanted to go and City came to some sort of compromise between 40 and 50, then you would assume it would get done. You know, there's been other names mentioned. The, the, the lad at um, Stuttgart. Yeah. Uh, there are other names on the list so that we're not privy to at the moment. So it might be one that drags on a little bit and they... they sort of get by for the first month because you know it's still how long's the left in the transfer window five weeks six weeks um so it might be one that drags on a little bit which is annoying because i was sort of hoping that all the transfers would be wrapped up so i yeah. didn't have to write about them anymore will he go to the point of possibly even forcing a move yeah i mean you don't need me to, you know you don't need me to tell you that he's, he'd be keen on the move given you know come from barcelona Pep Guardiola was a manager. City, City yeah. pay a lot of money to players. They they win lots of trophies. It's absolutely no brainer. Obviously, we'll want to move to City. Um, he seems like quite a grounded character. So whether he will force it or not, I don't know because I don't know him. Um, and obviously, I don't know anyone around around Brighton and Hove Albion. So I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to guess. Um, but hindsight tells you, or history tells you that. Clubs like City, not just City, but clubs like City, end up getting who they want when they're taking players from mid-table teams in the Premier League. So you know, if you if you had a fiver to stick on, you would probably you would probably stick it on Cucurella joining. I would have thought. Right, and are City ready to walk away from a deal if they can't reach? Yeah, well, they always do, don't they? They yeah, they always walk away. If if it's not, if it doesn't work for them, then they'll go right. Okay, no problem. We'll 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 do something else because. The other thing about it is Guardiola quite likes problem solving as well. So you yeah. always need to have it. He always needs to have a problem to solve. There's no point in having a... <laughs> maybe this is why he has such a small squad because actually it makes it a bit more interesting for That's him. That's one way to... Um, yeah, of course, yeah. So, you know, it's he finds ways of, of, of getting around issues. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we've seen it in the, in the past with... Um, probably Fred's the best example of them walking away... Well, no, Maguire. Maguire is the best example where they just like went, we're not paying eighty million pounds. You can forget it. Whereas Pep was Pep was a little bit agitated about that. He wasn't happy. It was a bit like right. Well, we've bid sort of seventy. Just pay the extra money and get him because that's who we want. Um, and they didn't. Which again, we don't know how Harry Maguire would have played um, at City. Maybe it would have been absolutely fantastic. But his time at United has been a little bit of a roller coaster. So. Maybe that's and they and you know and they've got Diaz instead now, haven't they? Who's probably going to be the captain next year? So um, it's 
don't know. I don't know whether it's luck or judgment, but all these sort of things when they walk away from from transfers um, seem to serve them quite well. Bernardo Silva, you mentioned him there. Uh, Barcelona have tried, I mean, everything they can to get him, including uh, mentioning him to Pep Guardiola in a press conference in Barcelona, quite shamelessly, whilst mm-hmm. he's still their player. Is there is there confidence at the club there after having had a good season? Um, he'll probably want to stay on a bit longer. Well, I definitely hope so. Um, I don't see his view on his career changing that much that he he wants to move closer to Portugal and he wants a better, what he would perceive to be a better quality of life nearer his family I don't know what his girlfriend's thinking as well we sort of forget that these players come from you know Spain or Portugal in Bernardo's case or further you know further afield like South America and they're yeah. plonked in the middle of Manchester <laughs> and Manchester you know you and I love Manchester but not everybody would love Manchester because yeah. the weather's crap you know <laughs> It's it can be a bit miserable to to someone from abroad, and I completely understand that. And that is one of the things that people sometimes forget that they train for three hours, well, under two hours a day, play on Saturday, play on a Saturday or a Sunday, and then the rest of the week they're in this city that they don't know, they don't really know that many people, and the, and they've got the mates that are playing for like Real Madrid or Barcelona or wherever, thinking, well, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Which is which is perfectly for perfectly natural for, for on a human level, I think. Right, we'll see what happens with Bernardo then. Uh, just touching on uh, James McAtee and what's uh, what he's meant to be doing next season. Uh, will he? I don't think he's really at the sort of stage where Cole Palmer's will has been named as backup to Mares and he'll be coming in mm. and out of the eleven, which he probably would have done if he hadn't got that injury in January. Yeah, uh, last season was it Swindon away in the FA Cup or I'm yes. not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Swindon away in the FA Cup, he's in amongst the goals, really. And uh, so he's he looks set to really make an improved mark on the starting eleven, and he'll be playing a lot more if he can uh, continue to be fit. What about James McAtee? Is he possibly looking to leave on loan or the plan for McAtee, as far as I understood it, was that he was gonna his season this year is. Palmer's season last year so he's in the same position as Palmer was this time last year which was they want to integrate him into the team a little bit more but not a massive amount of pressure play a few you know play a few games Palmer would have obviously played more as you said if he'd not if he'd not got injured because he yeah when he did play he was exceptionally good so the yeah as far as I was aware the plan is for McAtee to get a few more few more games maybe off the bench maybe the five subs in the Premier League will help McAtee as well and he'll he'll come on for a few minutes here and there, um, but yeah, it's obviously it's the same with the lap. These youngsters at City have got twenty clubs after them at the same time. So if City want them to go on loan, they will be able to place them at, at very good clubs. But I think I think McAtee will stay. There's probably an element of trust between the club and Gundogan uh, on letting him decide what he wants to do yeah. uh, into the final 12 months of his contract and that's what's been done previously as well. City have allowed him to go through the final year of his contract and sort of make a decision. What are you expecting Ilkay Gundogan to do? Uh, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want a second guess to be honest. I don't know. Um, he's he's the only one left that um, Without well, he's out of contract next summer. That hasn't there hasn't been a decision either way because obviously Mara has signed his contract and then Sterling and, and Jesus have, uh, have left. Yeah, 
I think you. I think you're completely right in what in that he's been there that long and he's so close to the manager that they have just said, "Look, take your time. We'd love you to stay, but if you don't want to, then that's that's perfectly fine." The one thing I would say about McAtee, sort of not taking over but being integrated more, is he doesn't like playing kids in a midfield three. So Foden's natural position, obviously, as a as a as a number eight or a number ten, or but he never he never really played there because Guardiola wants them to understand the whole game before they play in the, in what is the most important part of the of the pitch. So, McAtee, I know he, he did come on in central midfield last night, but I think if he was coming on in um, competitive matches, I just wonder whether he might, it might be that he plays in the front three for a little bit. But then maybe, maybe the plan is that, you know, they drop, they drop Foden into midfield into his natural position because he's been, you know, he's been playing for a number of years now. But, the, I mean, the, the big thing is... Are we that, also expecting um, Grealish to play in the number eight? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you'd think one of Foden or Grealish will get a, a little bit more time in the middle of midfield this, this yeah. year. It's going to be, so there are, there are a number of quite, Interesting topics to to look at this year, which it's just I think it's I think it's it's just freshened it up a little bit this year. There's a bit more to sort of talk about, I think, which is great. Tell us how excited you are to uh, witness Haaland, De Bruyne, Foden, Alvarez, Mares. Oh, honestly, if they all get going at the same time, they're going to be they're just going to be out of this world. Even when. Even when they're playing badly, you know we we all know that when they're playing badly, they, they chuck balls into the box, load the crosses and whatever. They've now got a massive fella who can get himself on the end of him. So even even when they're playing badly, yeah, not... the massive fella looks decent, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be brilliant. I think they are characters as well. I mean, we spoke to Grealish last night and we had a great chat with Grealish for five six minutes. That was the first time. That's the first time we've spoken to him. Uh, since he moved, so that was uh, so that was good. And Harland is obviously a massive personality, big character. De Bruyne is the same. So yeah, it's, it's looking um, looking very positive for the season. Right. Uh, thanks for jumping on, Jack. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Believe Man City podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.